I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Yes or no, did you ever take banned substances to enhance your cycling performance? Yes. I had no prior knowledge of the planned assault on Nancy Kerrigan. I am deeply sorry for my irresponsible and selfish behavior I engaged in. Happy Thursday, everybody. It's Oops the Podcast. I'm Julio Gallarotti. I'm joined by Francis Ellis. How yeah, you doing? Good. You know, good. Feeling good? good? Fine. Ready to rock. Let's do it. Feeling happy? Feeling good? It's fucking fried, man. I know. It's been a, a long, strenuous, emotional situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but, dude, let me ask you a question. So, we were talking, you know what I mean? Sure were. Thinking about making plans of taking trips down south, get out of the city for a couple of days. Yeah. Um, now I made plans and now this is the first that I'm hearing about this hurricane and it's really disappointing. Yeah. Julio, Julio makes travel plans the way that, you know, you and I might make lunch plans, Chris. (laughs) It's like, uh, Oh, I was like, yo dude, I might be going away next week. Let's grab some extra episodes. Uh, and then Julio was like, huh? Well, maybe I'll follow your lead <laughs> and fly to Tokyo. Never been there before. Uh, something like that. Not so far. But Where are you I, going? I was going to go to Dominican Republic. The DR. To do like, but to go to Santo Domingo, like not go to a resort. What's Santo Domingo? It's just like a historic city that is old and it's like a UNESCO site. And I thought, thought that could be cool and interesting. At what point is your bucket list actually going to kill you? It, it, it may. The pursuit of your bucket list. It may kill me. The items and places you need to check off before you die. Is that pursuit actually going to kill you? It's a, there's a chance it will. I don't think that this is a high risk activity, assuming that the weather is reasonable, which it sounds like maybe it isn't. A quick glance, it appears that Central America is the one getting hit hard at this point. Mm. Um, which and, and Jamaica, though, which I, I think is close to the DR. I'd have to look at the map. Couldn't tell you. Um, but, you know, the prospect of having a hurricane-filled 48 hours during my trip doesn't sound great. So no. I'm now reassessing my, my plans. Time to reassess. Could be time to reassess. All flights are, tra- you know, refundable. Not refundable, but you can get credit and you just use it back, towards yeah. something else and i use miles so I, and i can cancel my hotel so that's great might have to do that it's a bummer yeah but yeah. what are you gonna fucking do i guess yeah you'll get back to the dr sometime soon i hope so man dude i want to talk to you about hillsong uh yes carl lentz yes justin bieber's esteemed mentor at one point right so if people aren't familiar carl lentz is the pastor at a church called hillsong hillsong was a uh, i think it was a christian rock band that basically was combined with these very cool sermons and a church that's music based it attracted a very young hip audience you know like 20 to 30 somethings and it's basically like a Christian pop culture church. Right. Now, I want to bring this up because I went once. Really? Oh, I think you you told us about this very briefly. So I'd love to hear some more about it. I was it. seeing a girl who was breathtakingly attractive. Mm. And she uh, was an, a devout Christian. 
this is how so many regretful stories start. She was breathtakingly attractive. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Yeah. I found myself at Hillsong. Well, let's put it this way. It would take a hard nine for me to go to church. Yeah. I don't know how else to put it. I, I'm not an atheist, but I am very secular. <laughs> I'm very secular. And so I... <laughs> I was very unwilling and you know, it was early on in, in us hanging out and um, I didn't realize how religious she was until we went. It hadn't really come up much, mm -hmm. but we went and it was at the PlayStation theater in Times Square. It's like a 5,000 seat theater place was filled. Didn't even know that existed. They do the multiple services a day with That's this crazy. many and it's all, Dude, it's all the hottest people you've ever seen in one That's place. That's crazy. And they they sing and shit? Sing the whole time. Well, dude, like, I saw a clip once on, in like a meme, and I don't know if this is the type of shit they sing, but it was like this guy being like, all right, all right. He was like trying to rap. He was going, virginity is cool. Come on, come on. Virginity no, no, that's is not, cool. Come on. That's not Here Hillsong. we go, here we go. <laughs> no, I know that clip. That's not Hillsong. Yeah, okay. that's like some abstinence camp. <laughs> I've seen that. Is. Cool. All right. All right. Virginity. <laughs> yeah, and all the kids are wearing cargo shorts yeah, and glasses. That's an insane clip. Yeah, that is that yeah. No, this this is not that. This is um first of all, the music's good. If you if you couldn't understand the lyrics, you would think it was great music. Right. If you were if if you didn't speak English, you could listen to this and think like, wow, this is it's almost like Coldplay. Right, right. It's Coldplay esque. Mm -hmm. And they're brilliant musicians. And then after the music, the music comes in and out, you know, and then this guy, Carl Lentz, comes out to deliver the sermon. And he's there. You saw him. Oh, yeah. Wow. And he's wearing skinny jeans with ripped knees. He's got a flannel shirt on. He's got a crazy haircut with, you know, a fade. He's got a sleeve of arm tattoos. Uh. So it's unlike any pastor you've ever seen he sounds like every guy at soho house yeah yeah <laughs> perfect perfect example he's got like seven hundred thousand followers on instagram he baptized justin bieber he's his spiritual advisor he's close with like kevin durant he's found a way to connect to celebrities where he makes religion more accessible to hip people right. who it don't want to subscribe to the kind of dark rigid structure of catholicism or you know whatever it, it, it's it's christianity modern right he's like david blaine sure connecting to celebrities through magic yeah that's that's great <laughs> and he's you know he's he's super hip and super cool he came into barstool one time he did like a fucking podcast at barstool he's probably the coolest guy yeah everyone was they call him hot pastor right that's funny so i want to get back to him but let's table him for one second when i went uh, I was like, okay, well, this isn't as crazy as I thought it was. I, I kind of get it. But there was a moment where, you know, everyone was singing, water over me, like, clear my soul. I am God's child. And I was like, I can't, I don't have this. This is not, I don't have this in me. Mm. Um, and she would, the girl I was with would, would like close her eyes oh, and, no. and put her hands in the air. The lamb of God. Like we're at burning man. And I'm like, oh God, oh my God. she's rather... rolling on Christ. dude. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Oh yeah, Francis. Yeah. I'm like I I would do, I would oh, do this yeah. at Burning Man with you. I actually would, <laughs> but let's, let's take God out of it. So whatever. Um, the Smoking whole thing, God, dude. Yeah, the whole thing goes fine. Hit this God, dude. <laughs> we go to we go to that, and then and then a couple. We like hung out. We went on a couple more dates, and then there was a day where. Uh, you know, me being an asshole, I couldn't, I couldn't not bring up Darwinism. Mm. And I, I didn't, I, I just, I, I don't know if I was just being combative, but I needed to feel her out. And it, it was one of those things where I was like kind of looking, you know, I was looking for, I don't want to say a fight, but an irreconcilable difference. Interesting. So I brought it up and I was like, you know, do you think that Adam and Eve were the original humans and that? Um, people only came to the planet however many thousands of years ago mm. instead of, you know, whatever, millions of years ago, whatever it is, organisms, all that stuff, dinosaurs. And she sort of surprisingly did have a somewhat literal interpretation of the Bible Interesting. as a history of the world. Interesting. And I was expecting her to be like, you know, I have this like spiritual belief and i believe in god and i would have been fine with all of that but her unwillingness to embrace what i consider scientific truths mm-hmm. uh in in evolution and all of that we just we ended the dinner in silence and that was the end of us wow dude here, here's a question i have about adam and eve how were the first people like the first people that ever were created had Anglo-Saxon names? Like, is that names that we've given them later? Or was it said that they were called Adam and Eve upon their creation? Or does that even matter? Dude, Adam and Eve are just one origin story among the many religious texts. Totally. No, I know, I know, I know. But I'm saying like, how do they have names like that right out of the gate? Well, I think it, the Bible has been translated so many times, right? right? So from its early iterations when it was like... So it was some Latin name or, or some something. Shit. Yeah, it was all Latin. But and... even Latin Latin wasn't around at the beginning of man either. But I'm just assuming they're assigning these names to these people and that's accepted. It's nitpicking, obviously. But nitpicking should be done Yeah, no, when it comes I, to religion. I, certainly their names were not Adam and Eve okay. in its earliest form. Okay, okay yeah, that's right. Some kind of probably like a shape That's or something with their names. I don't know. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, the bigger thing is like, if they were the original two, then the amount of incest required to populate the earth from them, right? From early like their on. kids banging each other, and then their grandkids banging, and then finally you create a family tree. I mean. They're right. all related from this original two people. It's like, that's... Dude, that's the origination of taking one for the team, dude. Yeah. <laughs> just a lot of... Truly take... Sorry, you have to bang your sister. Staying within the family. <laughs> you have no choice. Yeah. A Our lot of, like... depends on it. Step bro caught me in the shower, and you'll never get... <laughs> Step brother caught me behind the rose bushes. <laughs> Talking to the monkey and you'll Next never to the guess serpent. <laughs> yeah. So so what happened with the Carl Lentz stuff? I like, right. I saw the headline but I didn't really follow it. So I mean I think it was like the New York Daily News or some some tabloid said that he'd been outed for having uh a, a affair 
with a prominent New York City podcaster. Wow. Now, it's possible that that means one of two of my old coworkers at Barstool. I'm, I'm, a, a, a person popped into my head immediately. It's either the hosts of Call Her Daddy. Right. Or it's this girl that I used to work with, Casey Smith. And I say Casey Smith because Casey was a huge Carl Lentz disciple. Interesting. And you have to assume he would go for the most high-profile person being who he is. You know what I mean? So maybe... Yeah. I I have no idea. Look, I'm not... I don't... Whatever. I already said their names. I'm not the first person to throw these out there. But it's... You know, this is Carl Lentz, and he's a pastor, and he's heralded, and... uh, He's a rock star. He's a rock star, but he's also a man of God, right? And he's got three or four kids and a wife. Oh, so he was having an affair. Yes. Got it. And we take pleasure in, in this world when we watch men who profess to be pure fall. Mm-hmm. Right? There's something kind of this sick um, pleasure in watching, I guess, what people might call hypocrisy, right? Yeah. Where this guy's been espousing a doctrine of purity and of God and, and of, of, of holiness. And then sure enough, you know, here he is right. stepping out of his marriage and, 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 you know, not being the good father, or good man that, he, that everyone seemed to think he was. Wow. But the thing I want to say is that th- throughout history, all of our quote unquote great men have had their fall- fallacies, right? Right. And or oftentimes, fall- fallibilities, oftentimes in this sort of capacity too, you Ca- become this powerful like well-seen person and like people are attracted to you and it's tough. Yes. Martin Luther King. Yeah. That was who came to mind. Was Nelson Mandela. Tons of affairs. Was Nelson Mandela? Yep. yep. Um, Gandhi would, would like sleep naked with women to test his celibacy or something. There were all kinds of weird stuff about him. The question I would have for you is, um, I think you, well, I think you nailed it, which is that it's, it's power, isn't it? Power's hot. Power corrupts the minds of those who have it. I guess that too. Because I don't know that I'm not cheating on my girlfriend because I'm a better guy than these guys. Right? Maybe right. Your it's, argument is that it is because you are it's because objectively I'm not, a worse guy. Maybe it's because, yeah. <laughs> you are not as good as I them. don't have the power of Carl Lentz. <laughs> Correct. If I'm in front of 5,000 swooning fans twice a Sunday... You know, getting all these people saying I've changed their life, baptizing Justin Bieber, answering his texts and flying out to his Malibu home anytime he needs me for a crisis of faith. Um, <laughs> yeah, why wouldn't you? It's that Bill Burbitt. Why wouldn't you think you couldn't bang someone and get away with it? Right, right. Keith Ranieri. Right. Good example. These are from powerful the people. They have a, a, amassed power from a following. And then they become corrupt. Mm-hmm. So power corrupts all. And that's always been the case. I don't know. What's your thought? I mean, dude, I, it makes me think of the eunuch in Game of Thrones. Mm. And how at one point he talks about how much of an advantage it is for him to not have those like those issues with, you know, desire and whatever. Right. And it's like, oh, that's really interesting because you're right. I mean, you know, it's no... It's no coincidence that high profile people have trouble maintaining relationships for long periods of time. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's rare. 
Like a guy like Paul Newman being married and being obsessed with his wife the whole time. Like that is exceptionally rare, especially for a guy as attractive and as, you know, A-list as he was. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? There's always all sorts of shit. And also it allows you, by being in that position, it allows you to kind of explore any weird shit you want to do too. Which maybe we all have that in us. But like, again, a high percentage of these high profile people, you find out this weird fucking shit about them. And, uh, you know, it's it seems par for the course. I like to think that, you know, one day, if it ever comes to the point where it's hard for me to like remain on the righteous path, I hope that I'm able to, you know, stay on it and yeah. be a good guy and all that stuff. But who knows? It's hard to really know before you're in those situations. You know, yeah. You know? It it's it made me wonder. It made me wonder a lot. Um I don't know. I don't know. I don't have a whole lot more just thoughts on that. that. It it's just like what like what is it? Why don't why do I not cheat? Right. You know? Why do you I like not like being with your girlfriend, maybe? I mean, dude, you know, this guy is a he has had a family, he had a, a bunch of kids, whatever. Like, that is much more the prototype of a person that's cheating. Than a person like you who's with his girlfriend, they're not even engaged yet. They have ch they're choosing to be together when they could, you know, pretty seamlessly choose not to be. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But here's the thing: I don't think that I'm up. People talk about like, oh, they they read this story and they're like, all men are pigs. Well, that's not true, right? Mm -hmm. That's simply not true. And I don't think that I'm a better guy than Carl Lentz. Look what he's done. Mm -hmm. Look at how many lives. I bet you. I think. I'm sure he's like you know, helped people cure themselves of addictions by pointing them towards God. Mm -hmm. I'm sure he's saved a lot of people. I'm sure he's kept people on the path of righteousness, righteousness, or, or at least enabled them to live a, a better life in right. some way. Right. Right. So you'd have to say that his body of work makes him a better man than me. See, I, but it depends. Like, what do you mean by that? You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm sure people would say that it's first and foremost important to be like a good guy. Fine. Let's go to the Martin Luther King example then. Okay. Martin Luther King is a better man than I am. Absolutely. 100%. Did more right. for history, did more for people to to better the world than, than just about anyone. Right. Okay? So why am I able to resist? And he wasn't. Again, dude, you know. Were more women throwing themselves at him? Maybe. Maybe. And also, who knows what the, I, I don't know enough about this, but who knows what the arrangement was in the marriage. A lot of the time, people who kind of like have affairs and stuff like their wives know. You know, I don't know if that was the case with him or whatever. Uh, and I should, I should know more about this before I talk more about it. But you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. the circumstances are just different, dude. Like, when you're married, it's just a completely different ballgame than when you're not. You know, and I and and it's still something worth exploring. But it's like, why do you cheat? Why don't you cheat versus why other people don't cheat? I think it's just like you'd have to be comparing yourself to somebody who's in your circumstances. It's hard for you uh -huh. to compare yourself to Carl Lentz, in my opinion, being a fan, a guy who's married with children. Do you know? Do you know what I think the biggest reason is that I don't? Yes. What? Uh, well, you know, the obvious answer is like I don't want to hurt my girlfriend whom I love. Yeah. Right. But the other answer is, do you know how stressful it is totally. to cheat? Not worth it. It's do you know how much worth stress it. there is of like worrying that your phone is going to light up or something with a text from the person and that your, your girlfriend or wife is going to see it and then that's that? Yeah. All of a sudden your phone becomes a bomb right. waiting to go off. That sucks. Totally. And dude, not only is that stressful, but that just feels bad. You feel bad. 
my girlfriend knows the passcode to my phone. The other night, she picked it up to start scrolling on some street easy stuff because we were looking at apartments. Her phone was on the other side of the room. It was just easier. I walked back into the room and saw her on my phone and had no worry. It's a good feeling. There's nothing on there that I, I was like, what a, what a relief that that doesn't bother me. Yeah, that's great. Do it 100%. And I think that that is the most important lesson there is like by cheating on your girlfriend, you, you ultimately don't get to have it both ways. Because if you do that, you inevitably do not get to enjoy your relationship as much. Yes. You know, you just don't. And if you can compartmentalize it like that, and, you know, there's one thing and, and slipping up, making a mistake is different than kind of like plotting. I, I consider that like second degree cheating mm-hmm. and first degree oh, yeah. cheating being you're <laughs> actively plotting, you're planning, you're flirting, you're, you're, your intention is to do it, whatever. Yeah. Both of those things are bad. But like, how do you, why be in your relationship? It's just, I like my, I respect my girlfriend a lot and I don't, I, I would hate to just like put it to do that to her. I wouldn't be able mm-hmm. to look her in the eye. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, there's it's yeah. an interesting discussion. Well, Carl Lentz, I wish you the best of luck. I, <laughs> uphill battle for him. I think he was let go by the church. Yeah, I saw that. But he was kind of the face. I mean, he was, as you said, their rock star. So what do they do now? I don't know. And I wonder if all those people who thought Hillsong was, you know, their saving grace, are they now disillusioned? Are we just going to see like gangs of Hillsong followers out in the streets, like? bent over trash cans, banging each other in public and <laughs> shooting up heroin because it's all, it was all a lie. Their leader has fallen. Yeah. He's fallen to civil war within the church because yeah. after their strong man has been deposed. What happened <laughs> to all the members of Nexium for whom that was their defining path? I don't know yet. I, I sort of gave up on the vow, but I'd like to. I did too. There's another too follow-up documentary about. They went just about what's India. What's her name? Yeah, about India. Dude. The girl. India the girl to be the after one. watching enough of the vow and seeing how obstinate she was and how how angry she would get at her mother for trying to help I know it was a bummer I just don't have a ton of sympathy for her. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry I get that she was brainwashed but I don't know yeah so many people trying to point you back towards a better better truth and and yet you continue to defy and even sort of lock people out right then you then what you you finally wake up one day and now you get your own documentary about how i don't know yeah i don't know i don't know dude um well i have a i have a separate thought that i please um and i know at this point when this episode comes out the election will probably have been you know hopefully wrapped up in a clean fashion but it was reminding me of the impact of last time because the last so Last time I went to bed before it was over and I woke up and Trump was the president and that was surprising. And I had been dreaming about it the night. I mean, I remember waking up in the morning with my hand on my remote control being like, am I ready to like see what happened yet or not? Cause I had no idea. I didn't check my phone, whatever. And I was seeing a girl at the time and she just decided never to leave the house again for three months <laughs> and it ended. And now she's like engaged to a woman. What? Which is like, you know, Wait, pretty, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you mean yeah she's like happily dating a, no no um, no why didn't she leave the house for she was months? really depressed about the outcome of the of the election but you know maybe Goodness. who knows what she's into or whatever but we had been having a nice time together and that ended abruptly 
So it was very interesting. <laughs> this time it was the opposite. Like I went to bed on election night thinking that, you know, Trump was looking good. I mean, he was minus 700 in Vegas. And I still, I, I don't know what the outcome is, but I remember waking up the next morning and having that be different. And it's crazy that the last two elections, I've gone to bed thinking one thing, waking up thinking another thing. Right. And that's like pretty random and unique. Well, I think it just shows how how inaccurate the exit polls, right. even some of Nate Silver's thinking. Right. Although I think Nate Silver said Biden was going to win this time. And uh, it certainly looks, this is Friday of, of, you know, the week after, the week of the election, it certainly looks like Biden has, has won it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know, man. Um, I'll be very glad to be on the other side of all of this and just try it's to... Stressful. You know what's crazy to me? I forgot about COVID. I know. And apparently it's like surging the, hard. The worst it's ever been. Fuck. The worst it's ever been. Crazy. Lockdowns everywhere. Crazy, man. Do you, you know what's funny? Uh, I, saw, I, heard, I saw an interesting statistic that I'd like to discuss with you that I think is interesting. So apparently in this election, it's the highest percentage of uh, the population that turned out to vote since 1908. And wow. I'm just thinking, like, that's pretty fucking pathetic. Because in 1908, people were fucking riding horses to the polls, dude. <laughs> they were walking 12 miles to the polls. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, then they were voting more. You know what I mean? Like, anybody who isn't voting, come on. Get your shit together. Yeah. It's good that a lot of people voted this time. But hopefully moving forward, we have a, a more active voting population. That's a really now. interesting point. And I wonder <laughs> how much that holds up. Meaning, I wonder if in 1908, were there more people? I don't, yeah. Percentage of the population. Right. So I know there were fewer people, but it's still a pretty wild statistic to me. Well, here we, you know, here we are. It's the 19, it's the 2020s. I'm excited to be in a decade of proper naming. Uh oh! Instead of the like the aughts, the tens, the tens. or the two thousands. Yeah. From now on, we've got twenties, thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties. Right. Ro- the roaring twenties for the rest of our lives. Yeah, they'll they'll be properly defined decades. Totally. And um, because you hear about listen, looking back at the nineteen hundreds, and you hear about the sixties, and the seventies, and the eighties, and the nineties something comes to your mind whenever you hear about that decade. Right. When I think about... Let's play this game. Yeah. All right. 1960s. What do you think of? I think of uh, like the big hairdo. What's that thing called? No, the like the, the when girls had the big <laughs> beehive hairdo. Uh-huh. You know what I'm I talking about? I don't know what that was called. That's what I think of. I okay. <laughs> so for me, it's Vietnam War and protests and... <laughs> Also, um, your answer is so much better than mine. No, I'm, I'm really self-conscious. <laughs> no. Oh no. my God. It's, it's, it's 1960s Vietnam war protests as well as, uh, sort of hippies and drugs. Right. Right. Um, peace, answer. love, you know, Beatles, Rolling Stone. Guys, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, fill in the blanks here. If I were in a concert right now. And I said, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, I'd then turn the microphone to all of you sitting in the stadium and you would all yell anchor anchor. And then you'd say, go to anchor.fm to download the software where you could host your very own podcast, see all the best analytics 
You could see it in a way that was really user-friendly and nice and not too technical and industry jargony. It's a way that any person can look at it and be like, ooh, that's pretty. And also it's our podcast. And you, there's no minimum listenership required to advertise and monetize. So you can immediately have ads when you hit the ground running. It's really exciting, really spectacular. If you want to start your very own podcast, Anchor.fm, download it now. 70s. 70s is more to me it's like mo not motown but like marvin gay okay and like i think like al green the civil rights um movement really maybe i have that wrong maybe civil rights was 1962 but yeah i'm thinking of like yeah soulful Uh black music really flourishing Mm -hmm. um i think of like a little bit of disco. Okay. Yeah, I think disco, Saturday Night Fever. Mm-hmm. Right. Was that 80s? It might have been like late 70s into the 80s, but I'm, I'm not totally sure. I, I think of Watergate oh. and vagina. I think of vagina, like big, hairy vagina. Oh, interesting. Um, and, and, and also, from the framework of like, that was the golden era of American film, the 70s. Like the mainstream Godfather films were like absolute class. I mean- you can go on forever. Midnight Cowboy, Godfather, Deer Hunter. There's like millions of like every great movie. Yeah. And uh, even the porno was directed really well. Mm. Like there was good, there was good writing. It was shot well. It was shot like, and, and obviously the vagina situation back then, it was kind of like a free for all. And it was also the, <laughs> it was the best time in our history to raw dog because there was a cure for syphilis and there was no AIDS really you could just fuck everybody however you want condoms essentially in my mind didn't even exist yeah, but how was how was birth control back then the, you know you're pulling out but you could i mean there was abortion clinics and stuff back then mm. not that i'm saying that that's a good the thing you should be doing but there was a way to remedy any issue yeah, but dude the, carefree in our age the access to and the developments of things like you know ieds yeah. And the pill That's and true. the science behind really improving birth control for women has rendered for a lot of people the the fear of, of accidental pregnancy. Yeah. And dude, I much watched less, sorry. much less. Dude, sorry. totally. No, the, I, and I watched when during the beginning of the quarantine situation, I chain watched all the old front lines hmm. and one of the, and, and the only, the old ones, You're the only person I know. <laughs> Who would ever do something like that? Well, listen, they're really good. And the old ones, the only ones that they have are the ones that are like still relevant. Yeah. And there's one about, you know, the Wellesley class of 1969 with Hillary Clinton. Really interesting. But one of them was about abortion and abortion clinics and like the same shit as now, like people kind of protesting, whatever, being a divisive issue. And the way that they aborted, the way that they aborted then was way more of a traumatizing experience. Hmm. Like, you know, they talk about the coat hanger situation. Like they were doing chill. It wasn't an actual coat hanger. Like, you could go to a Planned Parenthood still and all that stuff, but like it was a much more gruesome process. Jeez. So you're, you're right about that. Yeah. <laughs> but still, 70s to me. Yeah. Whatever. Okay. 1980s. What do you got? Crack. Really? <laughs> yeah. Straight up. That's what I think about. Okay. So for, for, for me, 80s is, is, is not, like nightclubs. Mm-hmm. It's uh, Studio 54. Um, and it's it's cocaine yeah yeah all that colors yeah lots of colors flock of seagulls haircuts guys wearing blazers with the sleeves rolled up you know big hair crazy makeup 
basically like hot tub time machine <laughs> tony montana yeah cocaine that like yeah. a club nightclub scene that's what i'm that's what i picture for the 80s what about 90s well before we move on though but oh, what sorry. the 80s are such an interesting time to me you know what i mean like just like all that stuff you just said so many crazy so much so much crazy shit happening mm-hmm. where i don't know whatever so yeah but, but expound on that so like crazy like there was the Iran Contra thing and there yeah. was Ronald Reagan and there was crack. And like you said, there's all this partying and like, it seemed like less, and I don't know if I'm just pulling this out of my ass. It seemed like a less creative time than the seventies uh-huh. because there was just so much shit going on and like yeah. Pablo Escobar and like, what right. a crazy fucking time. New York city was so dangerous. Yes. And like violent yeah. and crazy. Yeah. And like, and it just seemed like a very tumultuous time. Yes. Whereas the nineties to me, seems more boring like and maybe it's because i grew up during the 90s but the 90s to me seems the least interesting of the decades that we've talked it's about. it's so a far. little it's a little monochromatic and maybe that's a good thing it might be but it's also ang- to me 90s is angsty teenagers right. grunge right. green day kurt cobain jinko jeans it's uh it's people being <laughs> angry and not knowing why but not even really having much to be angry about. Interesting. Um, I think the you know that to me is the '90s, and right. having lived through the '90s when I I was whatever, from from one year to ten years old. So, I was I became aware as a person in the '90s. Right. Not not much, but I wasn't. I was able to form memories, and I was able to have a sense of what things were like. Still, still a young child, but. Right. Like, yeah, terrorism in the 90s to me, I mean, even though it was happening in Russia and happening in other places, but terrorism in the 90s to me was like crazy white people doing crazy shit. Yeah. Unabomber, uh, Terry Nichols and Timothy McVeigh, the mm-hmm. Oklahoma City bombing. Mm-hmm. Like, those were the crazy big, this was pre-9-11. Yeah. You know, it was a really interesting time. And, you know, our, what's his name? Francis Fukuyama, mm-hmm. the, the, the political, whatever is, political theorist, I guess you want to call him, called it the end of history. It was the end of the Soviet Union. There was no rival to the United States. Right. We didn't have any like significant conflicts. And it's interesting to see how that like ultimately ended up not being the case yeah. as things continued to unfold. Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan? Sports. I mean, he was just such a big deal. But Huge. Okay. The 90s to me is still a less identifiable decade in my mind. Me too than even the 2000s i agree and even with the fashion of the 90s sticking so hard now and Mm -hmm. in the past couple years like it's significant in that way but to me still it is much more insignificant than the decades that surround it by the way speaking of the 80s outfits do you know what goes really well with a uh with a blazer with the the sleeves rolled up what <laughs> a pair of bird dogs pants, Julio. <laughs> Why, of course. Dude, nothing better to roll up your sleeves and crack a line of cocaine off a glass table than wearing your fucking bird dogs. It's the best <laughs> the best pair of pants for the crack epidemic. Absolutely. Um, you know, you can fucking hop into the hop into the pool with them. The insides of them will dry off very quickly after you're done doing whatever crazy activities you're up to absolutely and when you throw them back on that silk lining will cool you down 
after yeah. the heat that's brought on by heavy drinking and heavy drug use. Yeah, when you're having a full-on panic attack <laughs> night after doing, you know, way too many club drugs uh, that you're not entirely sure whether or not they've been stepped on, uh, <laughs> make sure you slide into your lovely, comfortable bird dog's pants. They will absolutely bring you back to a level head. Totally. And when you run out of money and you find yourself in the middle of the street having to buy crack in an alley and things get a little dodgy, Fortunately, after you use the promo code OOPS after your first purchase, you'll be able to pull out your handy pair of nunchucks right. to fight off any and all predators. That's exactly right. <laughs> yes. In the depths of a, a horrific Coke binge. You know, I think, they, I think they'll be okay with this ad read. Um, look, here's the deal. We actually do really love the pants. They're, uh, they're super comfortable. We wear them all the time. I wear them at least two, if not three of the five days of the week. Um, and uh, go to go to birddogs.com right now. Promo code oops. You'll get a pair of nunchucks with your first pair. Uh, it, they're they're the best. Just do it. Trust us. Okay. Really quick. Two thousands. What do you got? Nine eleven. It is nine eleven for sure. You know. Yeah, undeniably. And then the wars that ensued. Yeah. What a crazy time. Um. Yeah. It has to be. It has to be that there there wasn't much in the two thousands that you can think of that wasn't impacted. In you know deeply by by 9 -11. totally and george w bush like has become so much less controversial yeah. since trump has become a much more sort of divisive president george w bush seems just like harmless yeah he's out there painting he's you know yeah. on his ranch he's just a folksy cowboy i know and at the time like that was like you could still carry on business as usual like i right. remember george w or george hw bush and bill clinton apparently had like his father-son relationship Kins kinship yeah. you know and it's interesting how and even george w bush and obama had a great relationship yeah and it'll be interesting to see if trump somehow falls into that in some capacity ever it seems unlikely but it's interesting hard, to think hard about i'm imagining that yeah um <laughs> so then the 2010s to me it's like the financial crisis happened which then of 2008 which to me identifies that next period of time. Okay, but then you'd have to say Obama too. Yeah, I guess so. And maybe I'm too close to it to really be able to accurately yeah. assess it. I wonder, yeah. But, but I think for me, 2010s is also like a heightened awareness of things like fitness and uh, diet. Interesting. Brought on by the podcasting revolution. Interesting. Um, social media, of Social course. media, the growth of that, Facebook intelligence sharing data sharing yeah all of that and then of course in 2016 the the trump election oh yeah very um, much so. it's a big decade the 2010s totally it really is i mean there was a there was a lot packed in there lots of good stuff yeah. i think that <laughs> technology becoming so prevalent in all of our lives is probably going to be one of the most like looked back or things that you'd look back on and be like uh, like in the like 2005, whenever it all started, like this is when it all started. Then I right. think that we're gonna yeah. look back at that and be like, "Wow, yeah, totally." Yeah, that's a fair point. If you had to set, uh, pick a decade from the 1960s until now, just from a music perspective, Ooh. what's your one decade you're choosing? I mean, it has to be the 90s. You know, it's where really? I just because it's where I learned about music. I I learned to love music. I developed the taste that I still have today. And like older people in my family would tell me, what is this shit you're listening to? And now that shit, people, people my age are like, ah, oh, the music of my day was much better. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. for me, the nineties, granted there's other great decades and stuff, but what about you? 
Dude, I might choose the 60s, honestly. How come? Because I think you can live on the Beatles and the Rolling Stones forever. Yeah. I really do. I think you can just, and and I'm sure Marvin Gaye was big then too. Um, You can just live on that. Yeah. The, 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 yeah. the library of work that those bands put out and some of the other big bands and musicians in that time yeah. is endless. Totally. And you'd never get bored. Yeah, and it's funny. That was the music that was kind of served to me. When I would be in the car with my parents, yeah. it would be late 50s, early 60s, Elvis, the Beatles, Motown, all that shit. Yeah. And I love and I I I I know all the words to all the songs. To the point where my parents are even like, "How do you know that?" I'm like, "This is what we listen to in the car." Are you yeah. serious? But the music that I discovered on my own, I think is the one that resonates the most with me. But that's mm-hmm. interesting. We listen to um books on tape in the car. Oh, interesting. Very ahead of the curve. A lot of E.B. White. What? What's E.B. White wrote Charlotte's Web. Oh yes, I Trumpet of the Swan. I only know Charlotte's All Web. All kinds of weird anthropomorphic stories. It's <laughs> a great word. Yeah. Did you always have a gem in there somewhere of a good word? A word. Every episode, you have a killer word. That's uh, that one. People know that one. Anthropomorphic. They do, but like. You you got that in there. That was good, Chris. What do you got? I just wanted to say, if you're like interested on all this, like going back in old year stuff, there's a show on Netflix. I think it's called this. It's just called like the '60s, the yeah. '70s, oh, the yeah. '80s. Mm-hmm. There are these really deep dives into these in the uh, decades. It's the always decades. interesting. Yeah. So if it's you, cool. Yeah, just check those out. Yeah, I remember even when I was a kid and I would watch cable and I watched a shit ton of TV. But I remember they would do that then. There was a show on VH1 where they would do that. And that's where I got to like see these comedians who I now work with. And it's crazy. Mm. Like Sherrod Small, Christian Finnegan, like people we see around town. And it's so funny uh, that I, you know, when I would see anybody who I saw on TV at the time in any capacity, I was like, that person's a mega celebrity bajillionaire. Mm-hmm. And these people who I just listed are very successful people in their own right for sure. But I wonder if this generation with all the access to what celebrities lives are really like feels the same way. Yeah, dude. I think that they're more aware. Like if you see some guy on Instagram, you don't immediately think that that guy's rich. Do you? No, no. Do people think that? No, but you know, Logan Paul, when he shows up places, people, there are crowds. He's the real deal. Yeah. I heard his podcast is really good. Impulsive. That's what it's called. Yeah. Um, really quick. Uh, to me, I just want to give a nod to prohibition era oh yeah uh Roaring is, what 20s. is it end of the 20s yeah yeah because i think it would have been so fun to drink when it was illegal <laughs> because smoking weed when it was illegal and i'm talking illegal everywhere was really fun mm. it was a treat right you felt like you were getting away with something you felt risky you felt edgy you know and alive the high was like it, it had it was so different from drinking a glass of wine right um well, or dude, even having a an underage beer we have some listeners in saudi arabia i'm sure that maybe you can go over there and get the same kind of thrill just go into a devout neighborhood i know crack a beer <laughs> <laughs> yeah but cause a but, stir isn't it the case that in these western uh, excuse me in these uh you know dry countries in the middle east westerners are allowed to drink i've heard that that's the case in like I a think uae, in the UAE yeah. you can they will serve a west in a, like a western hotel yeah they'll serve a westerner but not somebody who lives there in jordan i remember being the same way too so i'm sure there, there's ways to get around that uncontroversially yeah but an interesting thing to mm. explore dude i so someone emailed us saying how 
they thought it was like our stories about the other night that we got drunk together, which I'm still recovering from, by the way. Um, they're well, like, did you posted that picture and <laughs> of you and me? I think it was very good because everybody was like, Jesus, Francis. <laughs> I actually felt bad about that for a second. Were you annoyed at me? Not at all. I didn't think I'm you looked fucked up. I'm not a woman. What the <laughs> fuck do I care what you post of me? I don't care how I look. Okay. We definitely I don't look. Care. We definitely look three sheets to the wind there, dude. Dude, one, if you zoom in, one eye is at the camera and the other one is dancing away. <laughs> it is just off over the hills, gallivanting in an orchard somewhere. <laughs> I am so I am so unfocused and my <laughs> eyes are barely open and we were just I, I, seeing time. that picture made me realize how lit up we were. It was a really fun. We yeah. were fucking drunk. It was so fun. It was so, so much fun, fun to get that drunk. I hadn't been that drunk in a long oh, dude, time. A long time. And it just makes me think like and someone they someone emailed us this as well. They're like hopefully you guys travel together. And I really think that we, if we went to some like random place, like the prospect of like you getting yourself in trouble somehow <laughs> by saying the wrong thing and me having to like damage control or the other way around, that's yeah. like a very funny I, scenario. I am not a, a liability traveler. <laughs> I, I take pride in that. I've always been somebody, I, I, I don't even, I don't even like come close. I wasn't, I, and I wasn't suggesting that you are, but well, the only reason I said that is because you have said in the past that you would never go to North Korea. Because you think you would end up like Otto Warmbier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I would say the wrong thing, but it wouldn't be like, what are you going to do about it? Right, right, right. right. Guard. <laughs> you know, I'm not going right. to egg them on. I would just be like, so. I'm so sorry. Does this, the, you know, supreme leader, what, like, does he have a big dick? You know, <laughs> whatever it would be. And then they'd be like, ah, you can't talk about his dick. Um, and then I'd be in trouble. So. You guys would find out that you went to summer camp together and he would let you off the hook. Maybe. Wasn't he, wasn't, he grew up in like Austria or Switzerland He went to La Rose in Switzerland, which is famously one of the most expensive private schools in the world. There are two campuses. There's the ski campus. Yeah. And then there's the regular campus. And he went there under a, a uh, like secret name. Wow. Pretty fucking funny. Unreal. Back All right. We got a couple of good emails here. Um, Excellent. So here we go. So this first one, I'm just going to run by you. We don't have to go into too much depth about it. Good. I thought it was pretty funny and pretty unique, so I respect it, so I'm going to go there. Cool. So the, it starts off, I have a poll suggestion for the pod. Why is it socially frowned upon to eat more than one banana? But when it comes to treats like cake, sure, have two pieces. Have a bunch of brownies. Mm. It's, it's, like, and it's also like if you eat two string cheeses, you're crazy. But if you fry them up and dip them in marinara sauce, give me six. All right. I have a, I have a very, very simple answer to this. <laughs> You you don't peel mozzarella sticks. You don't peel cake. Wow. You peel string cheese. You peel a banana. Whoa, dude. Whoa. Having, Whoa. having to undress fuck? your food <laughs> means that fuck? you should only have one. This is like Francis living in 2040. <laughs> The rest of us living in 2020. Dude, think about this. That's crazy. Think about man. this. That's really Do you know those super fancy chocolates, the Ferrero Rochers? <laughs> yes, yes. That you have to individually unwrap? Yes. 
What psychopath do you know at a dinner party who's just like crumpling up multiple empty, bo- you know? <laughs> Unfortunately, forever. many members of my family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Italians are suckers for those. When you disrobe food, you should only have one. That was such an incredible answer. That man. would be my answer to that. What a great answer. Yeah. That's impressive. Wow. This person, whoever sent us this, Steven, he's going to be so impressed, dude. Unfucking believable. Yeah. That was really good. Yeah. Um, okay. I got a funny story now that good. I think you're going to enjoy. Hit me. This is called Oops at the Gas Station. Um, okay. Here we go. <laughs> I've been driving with I've been driving with extremely low tire pressure for the past couple months. Oh, good. <laughs> avoiding having to do it because my ex boyfriend used to take care of that, and I've never done it before. A few weeks ago, I finally decided to stop and figure out how to do it myself. It was a weekday, about seven a.m., full daylight, and I pulled up into a gas station in New Jersey. I'm specifying specifying New Jersey because we do not pump our own gas. Uh, there's a guy who has to do it. It's the yeah, law it's for anybody law. who doesn't know that. Um, So the gas station attendant actually works and frequently has to come out of his office to pump gas. I see that the air pump only takes coins. So I grab a few dollars and head to the small building with the vending machines and the gas station attendant's office to get some change. I walked in and turned the corner to the vending machine only to see the gas station attendant standing up, pants around his ankles, eyes closed, furiously masturbating. Oh my God. (laughs) Like furiously. I obviously gasped. And was like, oh my God, and quickly walked out. Not to make this too serious because I'm 100% okay, but I was obviously pretty freaked out given what I just saw and that I'm a female completely alone and there was no one else getting gas at the time. Fair, a fair point. Mm -hmm. I was afraid the gas station attendant may get defensive, react aggressively, and or call the police or something. I don't know. The next thing I know, as I was speed walking back to my car, the gas station attendant comes out of the building and starts asking me if I need anything. He literally acted as if I had just walked in on him picking his nose. I told him that I just was looking for coins, but it was fine. I didn't need them, but he insisted he'd go back in and get me the coins. So he comes out and hands me the coins. And I'm thinking, Jesus, like, I don't know. I, oh, no, sorry. I, I know where these hands have been. Mm-hmm. But I take the coins, and then I don't know why, but I start putting, them, putting the air in my tires. My hands were shaking from the whole ordeal, blah, 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 blah. Um, but I was like, that is pretty fucking impressive. Pants around. She goes, again, pants around the ankles, standing up, facing me when I walked in. 50 to 60-year-old guy. That's crazy. So he definitely knew that she had seen him. Do we think so? Eyes closed? Like, maybe. And then do you think he had some thrill out of handing her the quarters? No, I think I think that was him trying to do damage control in his way. Meaning like, hey, look, I'm a normal guy. Now I'm just doing my job again. You know, handing out quarters and... and what what else can you what else can I do for you here at this gas station? Dude, not not peep show place. And dude, I hear a lot of these kind of stories of people working in these 24-hour establishments mm-hmm. just doing insane shit. Dude, I once saw a deli guy. And a lot of these guys who run these delis, they're like they typically are like no, no I don't want to judge them, but like you get the impression that there's some a lot of them come from like Yemen and they are, have religious backgrounds and mm-hmm. You know, and I lived in a neighborhood where this was the case. One time I saw the deli guy getting blown by a guy, by like a much younger guy who looked like he also worked at the deli. Holy shit. Isn't that fucked up? Dude, I I have never walked in on an (laughs) erect penis. Not even in the steam room, bro? No, (laughs) not of, of no kind. I've never seen 
someone boned up. Wow. You know, wish I could say the same, brother. Taking. <laughs> wish I could say the same. <laughs> I I don't think I've seen someone, you know, fully boned. Right. The idea there's something very invasive about the idea of unwillingly seeing an erect penis in an aggressive fashion that you were not planning yeah. to or did not want to see. Yeah, it's dude. Not an ideal it, it's shocking. You know, it's it's so much less shocking to see a flaccid penis. You're at a a gym, locker room, guys walking around naked, whatever. It's par for the course. Do you walk around naked in the locker room? Only only to get I don't even I mean, I can't even remember the last time I was in a gym locker room. But um back in the day, you know, to get to the shower or whatever, yeah, I'd, right. I'd wrap a, a towel around my waist right. and put Throw it on it up the hook, when you hit the shower, shower come yeah. back out. And then when you're changing, yeah. I don't I don't have much um I don't have any self-consciousness about being naked, but I do find that I I don't like it when I can tell people are staring at me. Mm. I used to when I first got to New York, I was a member of the Harvard club, Mm. which has a gym and, you know, squash courts and a really nice locker room and all this, but it's more importantly, very, very affordable for recent grads. Right. For your first five years out of college, it's like $360 a year. Wow. Total. That's like Soho. I know I keep referring, referencing Soho House, but it's the same thing. Yeah. And, like and under 27, right? It just makes a lot of sense. It's as douchey as it sounds. It makes sense to join that just as a gym. Other gyms are way more expensive. And I imagine, you know, and not that this matters that much for you, but I imagine that there's really nice networking opportunities. It wasn't even, uh, you know, I was tutoring, but I used it as a place to bring my kids for mock tests. Oh, I bet their parents fucking loved it. They that. loved it. I'd be like, Saturday mornings, we do mock tests for the SS- SSAT at the Harvard Club. And they're like, okay. You sneaky that bastard. Sounds safe. You that know? is the best investment of your yeah, fucking life. And then life. you get to write off the dues as part as a business expense. Oh, my so God. It was win, a, win, win. It was a really good thing but then when i stopped using it i i it wasn't worth it anymore and after your fifth year it goes up to like 800 a year or something Mm. point is um that locker room was always filled with really old men who would just air dry naked yeah they had no urgency whatsoever about clothing themselves and there's much more surface area when you're an old man. Yeah. Your and when you're, yeah. it's more of a jarring sight. And when you're a young, fit guy in there <laughs> and they're all there kind of looking at you because you're the, you're the best of them mm. by miles. It's not that fun. It's a little creepy and, and just gross. And I don't know. Like I would have been much more comfortable at a David Barton with a bunch of really good-looking gay guys ogling me. Right, right. Does that make sense? It does. Dude, you know what I'd like to do to people when I'm in Los Angeles? I call it the Lyndon Johnson. And I call it the Lyndon Johnson because Lyndon Johnson used to invite foreign dignitaries to the White House, get naked in the sauna, and then kind of just like show his gigantic Apparently he had a huge hog. Big hog. (laughs) So mine isn't as about that. I'm not trying to just like show people my dick. But if you take one of your friends to Wee Spa with you and don't tell them what the deal is, there's like a completely naked area. What's Wee Spa? It's like a Korean spa in uh, LA that I love. Oh, okay. Um, and there's two areas. There's like the co-ed area where everybody wears these like sort of gender neutral outfits to kind of like <laughs> deter people from becoming predators, sexual predators, I think. Okay. But then there's the men's only area 
where you're completely naked and you don't get full towels. They only give you these little towels. So I just find it really funny to like show up and bring one of my boys there and don't, and I don't tell them. Yeah. You classic (laughs) Julio. Is that fucked up on me though? Because then I think like when you get in that situation, if you don't want to do it, like you're a pussy. If you're not, if you're at the spa and you're like, dude, this is, I don't want to do this. This is weird. I feel like you're like a pussy in that situation. Yeah, but why, why, I mean, you, you, if you knew that you were putting him in a position to be uncomfortable, then you can hardly expect him, you can hardly be put off by him act, reacting uncomfortably. So there's certain friends you can do this to and certain friends you can't. Okay, yeah. I think, I'll be honest, I would think it would be funny to do to you. Yeah, I'd, I'd roll with it. I don't know if Chris would find it that funny. I mean, even just seeing the reaction on Chris's face, he'd be like, bro, you're tripping. Yeah. And maybe he'd go upstairs and forgive me, but like I wouldn't play that prank on Chris. Yeah. Chris seems like less into naked jokes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, also, yeah. also, seeing your buddies naked is it just it's like there are some dudes who are just way too comfortable with it. And then um that makes me uncomfortable. And I okay, but I'm not weird about it. Like the the etiquette is to kind of hold the small towel in front of your genital region as you walk around. Okay, that's sort of like the the dignified. There move. should be some kind of concealing yeah. <laughs> at the Wee Spa. The only weird thing about the Wee Spa is that it's like a traditional Korean place, also. So these Korean guys bring their children who are also naked into the area. Oh so now you're just naked with children. I don't like that. I don't like that one bit. So I, I think I mentioned this before, but you like walk into the jacuzzi and you're like, oh, sorry, little buddy. And like your fucking shit yeah, is going dude, right by their face. That's not. One time I was sitting in the cold bath, you know, trying to deflame my muscle tissue and <laughs> a little boy just came and started pissing in from the outside of it with his hands on his hips. Peeing in the bath? Peeing into the cold bath. Oh, no. And dude, he was a little boy. He was like five. So it was funny. And I kind of started looking around being like, like <laughs> look, gesturing at the game. I'm like, anybody else seeing this? And then I was just like, all right, whatever. Hopefully the dilution of yeah. the pee to water ratio won't affect my health. And you capacity. stayed in it. I stayed in. I'm not staying in a bath full of kid pee. I have a feeling I'm going to get a lot of shit for this segment. No, no, <laughs> no. Let it ride, baby. Okay. Well, Wee with, Spa, check it out when it's when it's acceptable. Yeah, check out Wee Spa. And we are Oops, <laughs> Oops the podcast. Lots of goofiness today. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on a great week. We are glad that you stuck with it. Stay up. Keep your head high. Get outside. And um, move forward with your life. We're still here. We're still here. Hit us um, up. Check out our YouTube. Check out the YouTube. Email us your thoughts and stories. Oops, podcast at gmail.com. I'm Francis. He's Julio. See you soon, kids. <laughs>